What if I told you that your store was dumb? All right, let me rephrase that. What if I told you that your store could be a little smarter? I'm talking about Bold's new app, The Brain. In the brief period, it's been live. It's been making a massive amount of money for stores. So The Brain is this app that uses machine learning to make your store smarter. And one of the ways it works today is by displaying recommended products on your store beside any other product. Not just the dumb, these things are in a collection together, but actual recommendations based on purchase data. It's probably already the best recommended products app for Shopify, and they're just getting started. So my favorite feature actually has nothing to do with, with that. It's their integration with their other apps, and specifically their product upsell app. So if you have both, it makes your upsell offers smart. So you've got product upsell installed, you install Bold Brain, and now imagine this. Upsell offers just create themselves, but not just automatically get created. They get better than you could ever create them yourself because they're based on this machine learning data. The results from the early adopters are in two, and some stores are seeing more conversions in a month than they used to see in an entire year. Now here they've got a couple other integrations coming down the pipe too. It integrates with Recurring Orders app and the Loyalties app. So you should check it out now. I guarantee that machine learning and e-commerce is going to be huge, and the stores that adopt it now will have the advantage. Bold's Brain app is simply the easiest way to do that. It's free. You can install it right now by going to brain.boldapps.net. That's brain.boldapps.net. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, the more visitors you get, and more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily and it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues, offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit, plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them. They are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever when you sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com unofficial. Hello and welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, recording from EtherCycle HQ in pretty okay, Skokie, Illinois. That's a, it's a already day. Uh, and today on the show, we're talking about ways to make more money. Specifically, we'll be talking to someone whose sole goal is making more money with direct-to-consumer consumer product goods, CPG brands, because they have an incubator where they are sitting down and trying to be very intentional about the brands they put out into the world and the way they activate those brands and uh, the success and the growth they're having. And our guest is going to share that with us today, as well as tell us all about the exploding yet misunderstood CBD market and the role, of course, that e-commerce is playing in it, because I swear a day does not go by that I don't hear about CBD these days. Uh, our guest is 
Andy Muntean, who has worked in e-commerce across several different categories and brands. L- listen to this. This guy's resume is, is bananas. Fast-scaling startups to enterprise-level brands such as Proactive, Coca-Cola, and prior to co-founding his current venture uh, at, a, at Chillis Capital, he served as chief of stuff at Brand Value Accelerator, BVA, massive, massive e-commerce agency, and he was also a project manager at Gotham Alpha, which I'm not familiar with. His passion lies in driving innovation and growth within organizations, looking to adapt to the ever-changing digital world. And boy, sometimes I, even I struggle to keep up. That is how fast-paced things have gotten. Andy, I ran through your bio a little bit, but I'm not you. You certainly know your journey better than me. Get what, give me the highlight reel. What's going on here? Sure, I'll try to give you the, the spark notes here. Uh, you know, I've taken somewhat of an unconventional path since graduating college. I went to Penn State. Um, I, I ended up going into the insurance industry as, a, you know, I had an average GPA. Um, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And so I, I went to the insurance industry and that was, uh, you know, my specialty was in health insurance. And so that came at a time that was very volatile in our country. Obamacare had just hit. Uh, but one of the things I was tasked with when I when I first started in the industry and was a licensed broker um, was I, I was able to QA the healthcare.gov website. And so, I, you know, I don't know if uh, if everyone remembers, but it was a colossal disaster. And so, I, I you know, I didn't really have any background in, in e-commerce at the time. And, and you know, it, it quite literally was an e-commerce website. You, you went there, you put in your information, you chose a plan, you checked out with your credit card, and that was that. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of just used my critical thinking and, and found that there were so many things wrong with it. And we had a, a direct line to, to Washington to, to be able to um, give them feedback, help them further develop the site. And, and this all happened before the, the actual site broke, before open enrollment and people could, couldn't get any insurance. And so, um, you know, I, I kind of tout that as my, my first uh, experience within e-commerce. The economic ramifications of Obamacare, my position was, was somewhat squeezed. And so I, I kind of networked like crazy. Um, I, I went to every industry everywhere trying to figure out where, where do I fit? Where's my place at? Uh, you know, so I, I quit my job and I got on a, the next flight with a thousand bucks in my pocket in one suitcase. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I ended up staying on couches, continued to network like crazy out here, stretched that thousand dollars very thin um, and, and end up meeting a, a guy. And he was a, I hate the term, but he was truly a serial entrepreneur. And I ended up working with him on a project with Proactive. Proactive was at this phase where they, they had traditionally been uh, infomercials. And so right. there was a direct response. They were, actually, when I came in to start working with Proactive, they were running 5,500 commercials a week. And so that was just completely outside of um, the, you know, where they wanted to be from a, an acquisition channel just by virtue of the age of the people that are using their product. People aren't watching TV. They're on YouTube. They're on Facebook. Now they're not even on Facebook. They're on Instagram. You know, there's a new app popping up every day that the that the new generations are attaching themselves to, and so they really weren't hitting that target demographic. And so what I was tasked with was leveraging the connections that Matt had across uh, Silicon Valley. So that would be at Facebook, at Twitter, uh, Pinterest, YouTube, Google, things like that, uh, and and helping bring them, uh, transition them into uh, to a more digital world. Now, granted, I had no idea what I was doing. And so I, you know, I, I was walking into meetings. I remember walking into a meeting at Twitter with Adam Bain, who was the, the COO at the time. And I was with Matt. And so that's the only reason that I was able to get into that meeting. And beforehand, I, I had a digital marketing textbook that I had downloaded on my phone. And uh, you know, I, I was kind of 
quickly referencing it just to, to try and get the, the, the nuts and bolts of, of, you know, how can I add value to this conversation? And so, I, you know, I went into the, to the meeting with, uh, with Adam Bain and some other executives at Twitter about, you know, bringing Proactive on as a, as a strong partner for them. And the, uh, the conversation turned to me and I, I had to, uh, to kind of pull, <laughs> pull some rabbits out of a hat uh, just based on, you know, common sense, intuition and, and figure things out. And it, it you know, ended up being a, a super successful meeting and that went on to a, a great partnership. So, you know, as that relationship kind of started to wind down because the project was, it was over, you know, Matt had met this guy named Dylan Whitman. And, you know, I, I'm sure that some people listening have, have heard of Dylan because he's kind of one of the <laughs> godfathers of the of the Shopify ecosystem, just by virtue of his um, experience within the in, uh, the agency world with BBXL, and so he founded BBXL with his partner Kyle. Um, quickly grew to to become one of the the uh, largest Shopify Plus implementation partners in the world, and so you know they were working with massive brands, enterprise from uh, you know Procter and Gamble, Movement Watches, Rebecca Minkoff, Chubby's, like all of the big names in direct-to-consumer products, they were working with them. And so there was kind of this natural transition for me as, you know, Matt introduced me to, to Dylan that I would come over and work super closely with Dylan. And so my title at, at BVXL was, you know, chief of staff. And so we were like, okay, what is chief of staff? What are you really doing right now? And I was doing so many different things. And so I was, uh, you know, opening our office in Tijuana, Mexico. I was, I was flying to Australia to open the office in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, but at the same time, I was working closely with, with Dylan, with clients, uh, to, to really help them, um, you know, get as much out of the agency as they could. And so that's why we kind of changed the title to Chief of Stuff. Uh, it, it was more of a, a Swiss army knife for the agency at that point. And it was uh, one of the best experiences that I had and kind of laid the groundwork for what has now become Chillis Capital. And Kurt, like you mentioned in the intro, Chillis Capital uh, is our brand incubator here in San Diego. And so BBXL went through an acquisition process. And so that kind of freed up a lot of time for... Dylan, and then I transitioned over to Chillis Capital full-time as, as the uh, managing director. And what we're doing at, at Chillis Capital is we're building direct-to-consumer, consumer packaged goods brands. And so we had amassed all of this knowledge across my background, across Dylan's background, working with tons of different clients in, in many different industries. And we're like, hey, you know what? I think that this is, you know, it's, it's time that we start doing this ourselves. The way that this all started was, was at a restaurant called Cowboy Star, and that's here in East Village in San Diego. Um, and, and on the menu, they had, you know, Wagyu steaks ranging from $50 all the way up to, uh, to $200 for a steak. And so, you know, we, we were at Cowboy Star all the time and we, we decided, you know, what's something that we could partner with these guys on? And it was made so much sense. They had this Wagyu beef jerky on their bar menu and we were eating the hell out of it. We would go there and order like two things of it, uh, just because it was that good. It was, it, it was truly addicting. Um, and, and so we kind of, you know, we got to know the, the owners, the, the chef pretty well. And so we partnered up with them, uh, to, to kind of take this product to, to market, um, both direct to consumer. And, and now we're kind of dipping our toes into uh, wholesale and retail, uh, just by virtue of the, the type of product that it is, you know, initially we wanted to, to try and stay direct to consumer primarily only because, you know, we didn't want to give away margin to, to the retailers. And we just thought that it was such a unique product that Facebook and Instagram ads would resonate super well, uh, or it would make people stop scrolling just because it's Wagyu beef jerky. Like, what is that? Um, and, and that truly was the case. The way we started it, though, was with a Kickstarter. And so, you know, this was both Dylan and I's first Kickstarter. And so we were, you know, a little bit green behind the ears, but it ended up being highly successful. We raised like 50 grand. So C-Star, C-Star Provisions, the beef jerky, this premium extraordinary beef jerky, I've had it. It is 
delicious. The first time it was like two bags showed up. I said, I tried it. My wife goes, oh, that's, that's pretty good. And then we ate two bags of it. Like it, we each ate one bag just in one sitting for lunch. Cause it, like once we started, there was no stopping it. This stuff is just next level good. So I'm putting that out there. I'm like, this is the best beef jerky you will ever have. <laughs> um, so clearly like the, the idea is sound and it, it, it paid off when you said, you know, I think this could work. And certainly it did. This was the first. So Chillis Capital existed. It was, uh, I said, it was just doing investing as a capital company. And then you said, all right, let's, let's do our own brand. Yeah. You know, they, both those things kind of happened simultaneously, honestly. Okay. Um, there are a few other portfolio brands that um, were, you know, Chills Capital was purely the investment vehicle for those. Um, and, and, and that's really not the, the main focus. So, you know, I would say it's 95 to 5%. So 95 being our, our consumer package goods brands. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, you know, C-Star was, was kind of the first one that, that we dipped our toes into. And, you know, this happened actually before Chills Capital started. And it was one of the driving factors for us saying, hey, you know, we talk, we've talked about it for this long. Let's just go and build a, a brand incubator and test a lot of different products across a lot of different markets. Uh, you know, tall order for sure. Like you said, you can't go two weeks without without hearing about CBD products. This is something that we had been talking about for for many months, actually, back into to 2018, as we knew that there was you know going to be there was some pending legislation with the farm bill that was maybe going to pass, maybe wasn't going to pass. We weren't totally sure at the time. And, you know, back then the product wasn't legal. Uh, it, it had traditionally not been legal for, for a hundred years. Um, and, and I think that that what was, was just... the reasoning. Well, let's, I mean, let, let's establish what CBD has to be made from hemp, right? Correct. Well, hemp, CBD, you can have marijuana derived CBD, but it's going to be higher in THC. And so that, that the reason that hemp derived CBD is legal is because the hemp plant inherently has less than 0.3% THC present. If I hold a marijuana leaf up and a hemp leaf up next to each other, they look the same, right? They look strikingly similar. Okay. Um, and, and, I, and I think that, that that kind of lends to why it was originally you know, considered so taboo is because people couldn't tell the difference. Uh, you know, it looked the same, it smelled the same, it tasted the same, it must be the same. However, that was just completely, uh, completely false. And there hadn't been a lot of research done on the topic, uh, just because it was um, something that people weren't allocating resources to. It wasn't a hot topic at the time. Um, it was like, oh, hemp, that's marijuana, that has THC, that's illegal. And, you know, we kind of rode that for, for several decades. But the good news is now hemp-derived CBD is legal based on the farm bill that passed in 2018, December 2018. So, um, you know, that doesn't mean that we're out of the woods. <laughs> there are still quite a few There's misconceptions. Still and There's still legal problems here. Like, shipping is a problem. Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, what the reason for that is, you know, federally it is legal. Federal, you know, reigns supreme in, in most cases. But there aren't any previous cases to rule based on, you know, their hemp has always just been looped in with marijuana. And so, you know, there, there haven't been um, any other bills, laws, any legal proceedings that have taken place for us to uh, kind of reference and then make decisions based upon. And so a lot of states, uh, you know, specifically Ohio would be one of them, uh, you know, they still loop hemp into their current laws about marijuana. And so that, therefore, in Ohio, they still consider it to be illegal. Even though it's federally illegal, Ohio says, nope, it's still marijuana. And so that is just, you know, bureaucracy and, and uh, confusion at that level. And, I, I, you know, it's no uh, secret that, that things tend to move pretty slowly at the government level, um, just, you know, by virtue of how it's structured. And so 
I think, um, you know, we'll see these states that, that have staunch, strict rules. One for example is Texas. Texas up to this point has been very anti-CBD. They said, nope, we can't do it. They just passed in the last uh, month or so a bill allowing it to be farmed in Texas. And so we're starting to see this colossal shift towards uh, it being universally accepted. However, it is still taboo. Uh, you know, the fact that it is taboo kind of helps, though, uh, you know, for our purposes, because it's sexy and people are interested in it. Right. So what is the... So, I mean, at this point, like CBDs and everything, if I walk around the mall that our office is in, there's a place that sells CBD bath bombs. There's a, uh, a place that sells like CBD lotion. If there's a convenience store I go in, this guy's got CB, uh, hemp CBD cigarettes, CBD oil cartridges, and none of this is marijuana or will get you high. So what's the deal with it? If I sit down and I uh, ingest CBD, what happens? Why are people so excited about this? Beyond just it was illegal, now it's it's mostly legal, and that's exciting. Um, well, that's a great question, and I think that right now a lot of this gold rush, and it, it truly is the Wild West at the moment, uh, is surrounding the fact that it is newly legal, and it's a step towards making marijuana and THC legal. However, there are many benefits to CBD uh, from a medicinal standpoint, uh, suggested benefits. Uh, you know, the, you know, there has been a lot of research done on how it can affect the body. Does it help with anxiety? Does it help with sleep? And and many of these studies are pointing to the direction that yes, it does. And you know, even with with our brand, uh, you know, Holiday CBD, the reviews that we've gotten have just been incredible. The, the response that people are saying, like these really helped me manage X, Y, or Z issue. You know, usually stemming back to to anxiety or sleep or stress, things like that. Uh, now. As a brand, we don't make any of those claims because it's not approved by the FDA to do so. And I think that that's a big issue that we're seeing across the industry right now is that a lot of these brands are making these claims that, hey, this is a product for anxiety. Hey, this is a product for sleep. For It's going to help cure cancer. You know, these are these are the, the, the bad actors that, that are really making it difficult for us to streamline the legislation to make it fully acceptable and legal across all states, not just at the federal level. And so I think that that's, uh, you know, something that has caused a lot of a lot of problems. But at the same time, uh, it's really pushed forward the relevancy of the product <laughs> because people are saying, hey, I don't have to take a Xanax anymore. I can take CBD. Get me some of that ASAP because Xanax will kill you. CBD will not kill you. Oh, and the, so, yeah. If you just go, oh, you know, my doctor prescribed me Xanax. How dangerous could it be? And then you stop taking it. The withdrawal is unreal, and if you're really unlucky, seizures, that's nasty stuff. So people are looking for these alternatives. Correct, yeah. And so I think that, yeah, like we said, it's twofold. One, people are really excited because this new taboo product is quote-unquote legal, and two, they are getting a wonderful medicinal response from it that you know is helping them get off the big pharma drugs like Xanax, uh, Ambien, and, and other uh, similar. Okay. Now, so with CBD, I have seen all manner of CBD product. Talk to me about um, the the difference, some of the issues with quality, because the prices are also all over the place. And I know you've researched this stuff and the the form it takes, because I've it, you could do like you do gummies, but I you could you know like they said, oh, it comes in a bath bomb now. If you tell me like 
hey, you can also get CBD in tire form. Like, just insert random noun, and I'm sure somebody has put CBD in it at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And, and, you know, to my earlier point, that, that's one of the, the issues that, that we are facing, uh, you know, as an industry, is that there's there's so many false claims being made about, you know, the efficacy and, and, and also what the, the product actually does for you. And so, you know, there are topical solutions, uh, you know, the oil droppers, the, you know, the creams, the bath bombs, and those, you know, what effect they really have on a person, it, you know, is it, still to be determined from, you know, is it, is it more of a placebo effect or is it actually contributing to someone's pain relief? The ingestibles are, are something that, you know, obviously we, we have uh, CBD gummies and those are infused with uh, 10 milligrams of CBD. And so you asked about price. Pricing usually has to do with the amount of milligrams that are in the CBD. And so if you see something like a tincture, which is the oil droppers, if that has 1500 milligrams of CBD, you know, that's versus our 200, because there's, there's 10 milligrams in each gummy, there's 20 gummies to the bottle. So it's 200 milligrams versus a 1500 milligram dropper, the 1500 mil- milligram dropper is going to be proportionally more expensive. And so, you know, that, that could be one reason it would be dosage. But the other reason is, you know, it's truly, like I said before, the wild west. So there are no rules. There are benchmarks for what people like, hey, let's just throw this up for $39.99 and see what happens, see if people buy it. Um, it also comes down to, to the quality of, of the CBD. And so some of it is, is much higher quality that, that goes through a intense extraction process that uses expensive equipment that, you know, that the margins aren't quite as good on that. And so that's why it has to be that much higher. Uh, so there, there's a very, you know, there's many different variables as to where the price comes from, as to, you know, what people are claiming the benefits are. And I think that we're going to see this sorted out over the next six to 12 months as, you know, more regulation does come and what people can and can't say about the product. Tell If I take CBD right now, what happens? Um, so you know, it's going to vary person to person, but you, you know, should have a more relaxed feel. So it kind of releases that tension at the nerve level, if that makes sense. Um, it, it, it's not, you're not going to get high. You'll never get high because there's no THC and that's the psychoactive property. Um, but, but it'll give you more of a, a relaxed, sometimes people claim that they, they feel more focused. Uh, so th- you know, those are two obviously different, um, reactions that people could have to CBD, but they're, they're both tied together. So the less nerves you have, the less things distracting you, the more focused you can be to get your work done. And so that's why, you know, it was a, a natural, tr- you know, uh, audience for, for holiday CBD would be entrepreneurs because, uh, you know, you and I are, are, are both entrepreneurs and it's not that easy of a, of a career path to take. It's very stressful. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so, you know, having a product like CBD that isn't going to give you crazy seizures, it's going to relax you, help you focus, stay on track, uh, and ultimately become more efficient with, with your work. I mean, sign me up. You know, it, it really just comes down to perception and how people look at it. Yeah, having taken it, it's not it's not a thing that you take and then they're like, whoa, you know, you don't. F- oh, definitely not. No, you're not going to. And I'll, that's one thing that, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, this didn't do anything for me. I was like, well, I think that the reason that you're saying that is because you had this expectation of it having psychoactive effects. Yeah, and it that's just, not it the does, case. It does. With you. If I, you know, took 10 milligrams of THC, I wouldn't get any work done. <laughs> so, so this is a, uh, a much better alternative to, right. to the benefits that the marijuana plant has outside of the psychoactive properties. So, yeah, we've, you've entirely divorced those two things. Right. Hold up. We'll hear more after this quick break. Support for this podcast comes from Simpler, a new way to staff 24-7 sales and customer service on your Shopify store. It works with your existing email and chat tools, so setup is quick and easy. Simpler provides on-demand, U.S.-based customer service specialists to answer your customers' most common questions. 
close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat with 24-7 Simpler specialists. Find out more at Simpler.ai. That's S-I-M-P-L-R dot A-I. And now back to the show. Hit me. Okay. So for for physical product, you said you go with um, your choices. Yeah. What uh, was the gummies? And that was a gummies. strategic. That was a strategic uh, decision on our part for for two reasons. One, in twenty eighteen, it was the number one searched uh, topic on Google in the food category. CBD gummies. Believe it or not, it was. Um, you know, truly exploding. And I think the reason for that, and this was the second reason that we decided to go with that over, you know, say a vape pen, uh, even though that, that industry is highly regulated in its own right, uh, or a tincture or, or a topical solution is because, um, you know, this is a product that allows people to try CBD in a, um, a clean and effective manner. Our gummies are delicious. Uh, you know, that's a big problem that the gummy uh, industry has had within CBD is that they all taste like crap. Uh, you know, they, they taste very earthy, things like that. We were able to get away with that. So ours almost taste like uh, lifesaver gummies, which is, you know, <laughs> sometimes I have to catch myself not eating like 10 of them. Yeah, they absolutely, they're, they're quite good. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we wanted to give, a pro- give people that are new to the industry a product that they could wrap their minds around. Uh, and kind of introduce them to it. And so that, you know, you're going to be hard pressed to find somebody that's going to take an oil dropper and put it under their tongue. Uh, If they've never heard of CBD and they've never tried CBD, they come from a region where CBD and marijuana would uh, land you in jail. You're never going to get somebody to use that product. However, if you give them something in the form that of of, a substance or a product that they've, that that they're familiar with, like a candy or a gummy, they're going to be more, uh, you know, likely to, to try it. And so that was kind of the, the reason that we went in that direction. And, you know, what holiday CBD really is, is a lifestyle CBD brand. There's all these other, um, for more pharmaceutical type of brands out there that have the high, uh, high concentration CBD in their products. They're more expensive. Um, you know, we wanted to bring a product to life that one could reflect the lifestyle that we have here in San Diego. So surfing, tacos, uh, beaches, hiking, like the, the, you know, everything stereotypical to Southern California. And, you know, some people say, well, a lifestyle brand is not an acquisition channel. Well, actually, I, th- I think it really is. Um, because if you give someone a product that they want to attach themselves to, you know, they're telling their friends. And the next thing you know, you're getting tons of user-generated content. Um, you know, you're, you're getting people putting holiday CBD in their Instagram bios. And so it's, it's truly grassroots word of mouth marketing. Um, and you know, on your previous podcast that you just put out today, you know, you guys kind of talked about the limitations that some of these different product categories are having within the digital advertising world from an acquisition channel standpoint. Yeah. I wanted to, that's actually next on my, my list, uh, to ask you about is, you are as soon as you're into an age restricted good you've got a lot of limitations around advertising how do you so meaning like you've just straight up can't advertise on facebook or google or these traditional ppc networks so tell me what those limitations are and what do you do about it yeah and so this is something that we kind of knew going into the product and in this case it's not necessarily because and this is actually super frustrating but it's not because it's an age restricted product specifically it is age restricted we you know it's 18 and over however it's because they are still looping it in their terms and uh you know terms of service as a drug and so it would be advertising a drug so you know that takes away facebook instagram google they're all out of the picture based on the rules and you know those channels make up roughly what 57% of the digital advertising inventory on the web. And so that kind of puts us into a corner, right? 
And, you know, we, we kind of looked at it as a blessing because it caught, it forces us to, to really dig deep on our acquisition channels. And, you know, we're uncovering some more antiquated methods, such as maybe radio advertising. Um, we're doing some experiential. So we're, we're flyering outside of popular bars. You know, we're, we're doing things that direct-to-consumer brands haven't traditionally done. However, nobody's doing them anymore. And so it kind of gives this level of um, authority to us because they are perceived as very expensive um, channels to, to advertise on. And that's just really changed since the, uh, you know, the more digital inventory has been released. Facebook advertising is through the roof from a, from a cost standpoint. Uh, but we're also, you know, we're, we're doing things that we typically wouldn't do with other CPG brands. We're sending three to five emails a week. And, you know, everyone would say that's way too many. People are going to be exhausted with that. And we're like, yes, that's true. But what it comes down to is putting quality content into those emails. And so if that email isn't adding value to someone's day, then there's no point in sending it. And that's kind of how we look at it. Same with social posts. If you're going to post something on social and it doesn't add value to someone's life, What's the point of posting it? And so we're trying to jam-pack those three to five emails a week with, uh, you know, content, whether that's fun content or educational content. So the fun content could be GIFs and memes, or the educational would be more like, hey, you didn't know this about CBD. No one knew this about CBD, but this is really cool. Check it out. And, you know, it's, it's kind of getting driving home that lifestyle feeling of the brand. And so it's kind of developed, hopefully it will develop into its own, uh, you know, content piece of the company however that's kind of how we're, we're positioning it right now even though it's a it's an online only direct consumer brand you're going through and doing a lot of um it sounds like offline marketing um and traditional stuff that you know when you said oh yeah we're when i was working with proactive they were doing all this tv stuff and the generation wasn't going that way and now it, it it's gone it's been long enough that it's coming full circle you flipped it on its head and say like, all right no one is doing that stuff. So immediately we stand out by doing it. Exactly. And, and so that's kind of, you know, one of the approaches we've taken. Um, you know, another huge revenue driver for us has been text message marketing. Um, and, you know, we use Retention Rocket for that. I know, you, you know, you've had a show with them. They're growing and innovating so quickly. Uh, you know, I recommend that everyone check out Retention Rocket um, just to, to see. I've got it in the show notes with uh, a lot of everything else you mentioned. What has the impact of text message marketing on uh, these brands on holiday CBD been like, and do you use it on um, C-Star, the beef jerky brand? Yeah, we use it on C-Star as well. I think the number one thing, uh, you know, from a key performance indicator that we're seeing from text messages, is the open rate, it's nearly a hundred percent open rate. And that's because it's a, a text message. I, I'm OCD about my inbox, but other people, you know, actually most normal people, I think have thousands of emails in their inbox that have never been opened. Ugh. And so, the, so those emails, it drives me crazy. I'm so OCD about it, but I think that, you know, I have just a, a problem. So regardless, um, those emails that got sent out are falling on deaf ears. No one's ever going to open them with text messages. It's a hundred percent open rate. People are opening, they're reading, they're clicking through to the site because it's something that they haven't seen before. Um, you know, is that quickly becoming regulated? Yeah. Is it going to burn people out? I mean, maybe eventually, but the way that retention rockets doing is they're, they're innovating across channels right now so quickly that it won't be an issue for them. But other than retention rocket marketing, uh, things like that, uh, you know, the one thing that we've had a lot of success with would be newsletters, direct response, media placements on sites like the chive bro Bible. Um, you know, we, we have relationships with them, uh, that, that has really allowed us to, to utilize their network uh, and placement. And so we've seen that really drive a lot of sales for us. Uh, and one thing that we're, we're starting to get into uh, or dip our toes into would be direct mail. 
And no. so that, <laughs> that, that, that sounds kind of crazy too, right? It's like, oh, wow, mailers. Like that's, that's just really throwing it back to the old school. Um, but there, there, you know, there's several different companies out there that will help you put together a, a really attractive looking mailer. And, and the response rates have been pretty high on those as well. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be a, a direct response type of thing. It might be in some cases, but it might take a few times, might take you know, eight mailers to, to really start resonating with, with that demographic. The, so one of the other issues, other than the advertising, which you really laid out a lot of, of, a lot of great strategies and tactics for people to try, is the other problem is payment gateways. Most, a lot of payment gateways just don't want to touch it. What's going on there? What do I do about it? So th- this is probably the, the biggest challenge that anyone trying to start a CBD brand or uh, you know, product right now is going to face, and that's merchant accounts. Uh, you know, Shopify Payments does not uh, view CBD as a, a product that, that they're willing to, to put through their um, gateways. And so you know, that kind of causes a little bit of issues for, for people. But more, more importantly, the, the big banks aren't, aren't allowing this kind of processing to take place. Why not? I think that you know, for the for the same reasons that a state like Ohio would say, or you know, hey, no, we're you know, we're looping this in. There's not enough case law to to separate it from marijuana, even though they're completely different plants. I think that the the banking system is is also a little bit behind on this. I think they will catch up in the next six to eight to ten months. Um, however, at this point, they are just keeping their doors shut to it, and so. Uh, you know, the, the mer- trying to find a merchant account is, is probably the most difficult thing people are going to to face right now. It's a very lengthy application and approval process. It's highly invasive onto, uh, you know, your personal um, personal finances and things like that. Uh, also, there, there's extremely high minimums, meaning that you have to be doing a hundred. Some people all the way up to, to five hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue in order to uh, to be accepted to their program. Um, you know, there are other ones out there that will accept people doing less than that. However, the terms are super, super bad. Um, and the other problem that, you know, within that industry is that there are a lot of bad actors, meaning that there are people posing as banks, there are people posing as uh, brokers that, you know, might know somebody at a bank, but they collect all your information. And so it's something that, you know, if, if, if you're seriously interested in starting a CBD industry or a CBD company, do your due diligence on all of these things. Um, you know, talk to as many people as you possibly can, try to get a good understanding of, you know, who's going to make the most sense from a merchant account or a merchant processor for your current situation. Um, because if not, you know, you're going to get stuck down this rabbit hole of, oh God, where do I go? Where do I turn? And then the next thing you know, one, you're, you have absolutely terrible terms. You're paying crazy uh, percentages for, for processing or you're giving your, your information to, to bad people. And so those are, you know, that, 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 I think that that's the biggest plague that we're, we're seeing right now within the industry that will get cleaned up. But in this case, I, you know, I almost welcome the, the regulation to, to come in this industry. Uh, just because one, it's going to weed out people that are actually selling fake CBD, but it's also going to help clear up the banking problems and eliminate some of those bad actors that are kind of capitalizing on the industry right now. What are some of those? What would be an example of a a bad rate for merchant services? Oh, geez. Um, so you know, I, I've I've seen it as high as ten percent. Um, Whoa. And so that would be, you know, anyone doing less than than twenty thousand dollars a month with a certain bank. They're going to say, oh yeah, we'll, we'll let you in if they even have the space, um, you know. But but here are what your rate's going to be. And so you know, you take that and you, you you have to kind of put it away and then keep digging to try and find better rates. And then ultimately it becomes a game of negotiation to to leverage the different different banks and rates against themselves. But you know, after Elevon, which was the major processor for all these CBD companies. Um, 
closed down about a month or two ago. Uh, it flooded the the industry with with tons of people trying to to find merchant accounts, and they were just uh, the, the banks were closing their doors because they had too many applications. They were they didn't have the capacity or the bandwidth to even process them. And so within the last two months, it's 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 been chaos in the industry. We were lucky enough to to, to be able to to skirt around that. Um, you, you know, just by virtue of, of making you know the right connections and, and, and speaking to, to people that were knowledgeable. And, and they do exist and they are out there. I don't want to scare people away from it. Um, but you really just have to go into it knowing that it's going to take time and it's going to take a lot of a lot of work to, to, to really find the, the right solution for, for your company. So like I knew it would be I've talked to um, several entrepreneurs trying to get into CBD. And that's the thing that does them in is trying to find the payment processor and not get screwed over in the process. Oh yeah. It, it, it has truly been a disaster uh, the last couple months for, for many, many uh, companies. And it, it's kind of been sad, sad to see, but at the same time, I think that it, it is eliminating a lot of people that didn't have the resources to one um, build a quality product and effectively market it and educate the, the population. So, you know, these things, these things happen. Um, you know, you just have to take it one day, one day at a time and, and uh, you really make sure that you're doing your due diligence uh, up front with, with all of these different companies to make sure that you're getting the best solution for your company. So, so the um, with the CBD market growing as fast as it is, does that scare you? Number one, and then two, you know, how do you differentiate? How do you stay relevant? Uh, you know, that's that's a phenomenal question. I think it's the the holy grail of all CBD companies out there right now. And you know, we we hear of. Uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Carl's Jr. coming out with the CBD burger, Walmart and Target starting to dip their toes. When large enterprises like that start getting into the mix, it really puts the crunch on the little guy. Um, and, and that's just, you know, traditional economics and what we've seen across how many different industries uh, through our capitalist <laughs> nation. Um, but I kind of look at it as a, an opportunity. One, it's giving more validity to the product. Um, you know, with the pending legislation that's happening, these guys aren't other than than Carl's Jr. But that was in Denver, and you know, Denver's crazy. They just legalized uh, shrooms, and so you know, what they're doing in Denver is just <laughs> completely uh, outside of the rest of the United States. So yeah, they're not, their I'm own, not, own yeah, microcosm yeah. <laughs> of weird. Yeah, well, more power to them. I love to see the innovation, but at the same time, I'm not going to use them as a measuring stick for for what's to come. But anyways, regardless. You know, seeing these these large companies, these enterprise companies, CVS has it on their shelves now. Uh, like you said, you're seeing it at the mall. Uh, that really just gives authority to the to CBD as a whole. And I think that if you know we can build a true lifestyle brand that people can attach themselves to, that also has a stellar product, we can leverage the education that these other companies are giving and the um, the credibility that they're giving the product of CBD in general and kind of leverage that to, to, to shoot forward uh, past a lot of the other brands that are just kind of sitting stagnant and trying to use old techniques that are truly just outdated at this point. What If I'm a new CBD entrepreneur, what's your advice for me to keep me out of trouble? What's the one thing I need to know? Well, one, your product has to be less than 0.3% THC. And so if, if you have that out of the way, you know you are marketing a federally legal product. Uh, when, it, when it comes to, to shipping, you know, you're going to want to make sure that you have your shipping rules for the states that are a little bit less um, 
accepting of CBD to make sure that you're not, uh, you know, crossing any lines there to make, you know, you, you don't want to upset or get a letter from, from the state department from, you know, Ohio saying, Hey, you know, you can't be selling this product here. Nobody wants to have that. Um, and, and so I, I think that just making sure that you're up to date on the, the regulations, the pending legislation, things are changing every day. Uh, you, you kind of have to be watching the industry at a microscopic level on a day-to-day -day basis to make sure that your, res your, your product and your brand are staying within the, the guidelines that have been set at this point. But like I said, it's changing every day. So I think making sure that your product is less than 0.3% THC, but also making sure that you're staying on top of the regulations, shipping rules, and pending legislation. If you can do all three of those things, I, I, I know it's a, it's a tall order. Uh, I, I have to do it every day. It's, it's not the greatest, but it, but it also... Um, you know, it makes you an authority on the topic and, and keeps you ahead and out of trouble uh, and, you know, all that good stuff. So <laughs> do you have a favorite resource uh, to do that? Um, you know, I, I do. There's so many you know, Twitter accounts and, and Instagram accounts out there that, that are run by different laboratories. And so, you know, there's a couple that are out of Kentucky and Kentucky was kind of the birthplace of CBD or hemp, actually. Um, and, and so they were given grants and, and given access to, to farm hemp under uh, educational bills. And so they put out a lot of great information. I'd have to dig up the, the, the actual handles of the pages. I've, I've just kind of been amassing them over time now. Um, but anything that, that's coming from an educational source or a government source. Final question. What did your, your experience, your time, your role at BVXL what did you learn from that that you took with you that's been really valuable um, working at, uh, at Chillist in this e-commerce incubator capacity? You know, I, I think at BVXL, I was truly a Swiss army knife. So I was managing so many different projects uh, across many different categories. So there were some e-commerce projects. There were some, uh, you know, corporate development projects. There, there, there were a million different things that I, that I had to, to kind of juggle on any given day. And so transitioning to a, you know, a lean team at, a, at a, an incubator, a brand incubator that are, you know, I'm managing a handful of brands across many different categories, taking that ability to, to kind of juggle at BVXL and then translate that over to Chills Capital where I'm working with a ton of different, um, different brands across different categories. I think that would probably be the biggest, uh, biggest thing I took away from that experience. I like it. And lastly, the one thing you wish every e-commerce merchant would do, CBD or otherwise. I, you know, I think that it, it comes down to transparency. Uh, there's there's so many different uh, the barriers to entry right now to become an e-commerce merchant are so freaking low compared to what it used to be in the brick and mortar world. Anyone can you know sign on to to Shopify and start up a store and you know drop ship products from Ali, AliExpress things like that. I think that if we could have more transparency on where these products came from, where uh, you know the the true source is. That would be super helpful in sorting through all the crap brands that you see, or yeah, you know, I wouldn't even call them brands. They're just products, the the one and dones, the the things that get built to 100 grand and are are complete, the, the gimmicks. Um, it, it would be really nice to cut through that noise by you know really setting a standard that people need to be transparent about where their products are coming from. Uh, I could agree more. That is excellent, excellent advice, and I hope the the industry follows your lead on that. All right, Andy, where could people go to learn more about you? Uh, so on LinkedIn, uh, I'm just Andy Muntean, M-U-N-T-E-A-N, uh, Instagram. I, you know, I love DMs. I love to hear from people. Uh, that's just at Andy Muntean. Uh, so, so trying to keep it simple for everyone. Uh, email address, Andy at Chillist, C-H-I-L-L-E-S-T.com. Uh, you know, if anyone's in Southern California, hit me up. Love to grab coffee. Love to grab beer. Talk shop. 
I'm always available. <laughs> Very cool. All right. I will include all of that in the show notes. Andy, thank you. Awesome, Kurt. Really appreciate it. One final note before we go. I wanted to remind you about the one Shopify theme my agency has used more than any other. It's called Turbo by Out of the Sandbox. And as its name implies, it's built for speed. But that's not why I love it. I love it because it's the most configurable, feature-packed theme for Shopify today. Features like predictive search, easy mega menus, infinite scrolling collections, and a ton of page templates. Calling it a theme doesn't do it justice. I think of it as a rapid prototyping tool for Shopify stores. And I've got a special offer for you. You can get it today at a 20% discount when you use the code PODCAST20. You can even try it for up to two weeks, and if you don't love it, Out of the Sandbox will give you a full refund. To check it out now, go to ethercycle.com slash turbo and use code PODCAST20 at checkout. That's ethercycle.com slash turbo. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, the unofficial ShopifyPodcast.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including some details you might have missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors. Please support our show by supporting them, and thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, and produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at ethercycle.com. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.